Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me as usual is Derek Spesh. <laughs> hey, Sean. <laughs> How you doing, Derek? <laughs> um, you got me hooked on something, Derek. I got myself hooked on it. Gearjunkie.com. It's my new favorite website. Isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty cool. They've they've got everything there. They do. They, uh, I, I, you told me about it and I took a peek at, uh, at a couple things and, um, you can spend a lot of time on there. And it's not just fluff. There's uh there's a little bit of advertising. It's not overdone. It was so mostly it's just all articles and the, uh, the articles and the gear reviews, they're well-written. So these guys, they know their stuff. They're, they're good writers. They're, they don't write fluff pieces. They do some decent reviews. And uh, they're well written, and it's outdoor stuff. So it's it's uh, biking, it's camping, it's tech. Um, there's paddle water stuff. There's climbing stuff. So anything you're out out into, they've got stuff. If you come from a multi sport background, or if you have just a single sport that you're interested in, there's going to be stuff here that that would interest you. Yeah, and it's there's news, there's videos. They talk about people that are out there doing, you know, different events and races and, you know, the whole meal deal. This is, this is quite the cool It's fully cool fleshed site. out website. It's a, it's a, it's pretty cool. Uh, you can spend a lot of time. You can kind of disappear into this thing. Well, I like the, they got little tabs at the top. When you, when you get to first get to the page, you know, gear junkie. First off, it's gear junkie, J-U-N-K-I-E dot com. Um, they got tabs at the top there, latest bike, camp, tech, outdoor news and videos. And if you click on latest, it gives you a whole bunch of different posts from Gear Junkie, different articles. Um, and they say, you know, this one's written two days ago, or this one's like three days ago. It's a, yeah. And how many shares on Facebook and stuff. Yes. But like you're looking at this here and it says latest outdoor seating trends, meet inflatable hammock. Uh, I went to New Zealand and trapped a vermin runner on pace to break decades old across America record mountain biker fall too close for comfort. Uh, mega outdoors, Bass Pro Cabela's merger may be on the horizon. So they're taking stuff that's in the news now that you'd typically see on any big news, you know, CNN or whatever, then, and they're going to take that, those articles and, and they're writing their own articles and, and giving their own take on it. Single source artisanal bottled air. I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> Huck Finn raft trip, five days down Swedish river. Okay. There might be a couple of fluff pieces. There. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of cool though, you know? Um, but yeah, you can, you can spend a whole lot of time here reading different articles about what's going on in the outdoors. Um, then you can go to the camping tab and fire starter face off lighters, matches, ferro rods, and they compare them. Um, pods land as us braces for social camping. These are these big pod tents that all connect together. Yeah. Like space and, 1999. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Hey. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like for those that remember what Space 1999 was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the car here. top tent changed the way I camp. Sick of glamping, fight back with cramping. I don't know. <laughs> um, double hammock we've been waiting for. That's almost like yours, except different. It, uh, they mentioned that it is a take on the, on the tent that I had t discussed previously. And uh, it's from the same maker... They've just come up with their own, uh, their own two-man hammock. Um, yeah, tensile's design. Yeah. Yes. Double hammock we've been waiting for. Double or triple-size hammocks are nothing new, but the T-mini double hammock, just announced by Tensile, offers yes. a total redesign of the multi-person perch. Yeah, normally with a hammock, you get a couple of people in it. It's, it's, it's cramped, you're squished together, you're sliding towards the middle. This one here is like two wings. It's a three-point connection, just like the tensile, the tent that I talked about previously. And what you do is you have your own little pocket to lay in. When I see this, it looks like a little triangle sort of thing with a V at the top. Yes. I'm thinking when dude next to you is sleeping, having a little nap, a little siesta, I'm trying to bounce this and flip them out. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that. 
like, I mean, yeah, we'll just set this up here, go for a nice afternoon nap in the nice sunshine. <laughs> and he's face down on the ground. Yeah. That's the thing. Everything comes with this specific price tag. This is a little bit more pricey, but there's, regardless, the, there's so many different things on this website that they cover from that hammock to anything that you might be interested in. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. A lot of reviews on, on the gear and... Well, when we talked about um, the uh, Bluefin 14, the nesting sea kayak. Well, that came from this website. That's, yeah. Uh, I, we talked about my the Enki stove that uh, I got on Kickstarter. And they did a full-fledged review on Gear Junkie back when that Kickstarter was still in progress. Which is done now. It's It was successful. Right. Um, yeah, and there's some ads and stuff on here for like Spot and... And that, but it's not the you know a lot of these websites you come across now. There's everything's flying in your face with all these ads and whatever. It's discreet. The ads are on the sides and they don't pop up at you and in your face type thing. So it's it's nice because I, I hate these overblown ad, you know, viral ad type of thing websites that you go to that you just drives you nuts. It's like go away. This one here, it's, it's somewhat discreet. It's very well done. Yeah, it is. There's it's a lot of reading to do on this site. Uh, you can spend an awful lot of time here. And <laughs> Unfortunately, I, <laughs> yes. Yeah, what would you spend that one afternoon? Five hours? <laughs> be a great winter uh, when you're between ski trips or whatever in the wintertime to research your next summer's goals. And there's Gear Junkie. Check out your new gear. Yeah, and they've got... Um, Different sampled movies. You can people put up their their adventure movies and stuff. It's little clips and and whatnot of stuff they've done, and you can check all that out as well. Is that in the video section? Yeah, under That's videos. One section I hadn't gone to. Oh, why not? Well, because I was kind of looking at it at work, and I don't want to do videos <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of stuff to see here. Uh, so check it out uh, if you're looking for some gear. They got some, you know, the latest and greatest sort of stuff. We we also briefly mentioned uh, another a couple of shows ago there the um, speed valve by Thermarest. Yes, they've got this, uh, and they uh, do a review. Yeah. They do a full review on it as yeah, well. Yeah, and there's links to their site and and where you can see the videos of of them actually filling one of these things. So gearjunkie.com. That's G E A R gear. Junkie, J-U-N-K-I-E dot com. Check it out for some uh, good articles if you're looking to uh, see some reviews on things. and It's a great place to start. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Crawl out of the tent First thing I do Fire up the pocket rocket Start the brew Wait for a whiff of that wake me up aroma and then i'm in a happy camper moment with my hands around the mug watching the mist rise the first hot sip opening my eyes french press ground fresh dipping back percolate escafate Special blend, you know I save time with my morning cup A camp coffee Later tonight, dinner's long gone Campfire started and the dishes are done A blue mug's waiting with my caffeine fix Little extra something thrown into the mix With my hands around the mug Watching the sunset The first hot sip How good can it get? Swiss Miss chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a Jim Beam Irish cream Maker's Mark Amaretto Put it in my evening cup 
camp coffee Bear got the food No problem Lost the tent pegs I can solve Holes in the tarp That's easy to fix Oh, but run out of coffee Dang It's the end of the trip Gotta have my hands around the mug Watching the mist rise The first hot sip Opening my eyes French press, ground fresh Dipping bag, percolator Nescafe, gourmet Special blend, you know a savor Swiss mist, chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a Jim Beam Irish cream, Maker's Mark, Amaret It's all about me and my cup It's something that I'll never give up have a seat, I'll pour you a cup of camp coffee. Camp coffee. Camp coffee. Why, yes, I believe I will have a second cup, sweetheart. Camp coffee. You thought you'd never ask. Camp coffee. Hey, darling, camp why don't you come on over here and watch this? When we went on the Brent run, one of my big concerns was uh, the footwear. Because I wear a pair of Keens and over long portages, I've had uh, blisters mm. uh, on my feet. Uh, not just with my Keens, but other ones as well. Just from getting in the canoe, getting out of the canoe, because I get out of the canoe in the water. So my feet are wet, dry, wet, dry. And when you're on a portage and you're walking in these wet shoes, wet feet, they start to rub and you end up with blisters, right? Yeah. Usually I, I don't have socks on. I think I mentioned to you beforehand that uh, I normally carry a moleskin with me in my in my first aid kit. Just to, when when uh, you start getting a hot spot in your foot or wherever, you, you have you ever used moleskin? No. It's just a felt, it's like a thick band-aid, but a, like a, almost, when you put it on, it feels like you actually have a callus. Yeah, no, I, I just use uh, either a band-aid or duct tape. Yeah, the moleskin works pretty good. I, I discovered it when I did a lot of hiking. So it, it helps a lot with uh, preventing or mitigating any, uh, any blisters. Well, I was doing some research before I left, and one of the things that I came across was by a company called Level 6, Neoprene Socks. Mm-hmm. So... The, they have they sell the the level six stuff at like the atmosphere stores and and a couple other places. Uh, there was one near where I work, so I went and checked them out. And these neoprene socks, they're polyester face two mil neoprene. Um, there's a bottom that is they say it's like a gel coat printed sole, and so they're non-slip. And I put those on, and they fit inside my Keens while I was walking. Yeah, I've got one on my hand right now. It's, uh, it's a simple design. I, when, I, when you first got them and you first showed me, I was thinking, oh, that's kind of gimmicky, but you, uh, you thought they did quite well, did you? When I used them on the Brent Run, um, say 162 kilometers in and out of the canoe and whatnot, walking the portages, your feet get wet, of course, because the, the water does. Yeah. Get, yes. But your feet stayed warm and there was, you would not realize that you were wearing something inside your sandals. Hmm. No blisters, no, they were comfortable. They didn't slip and slide. They didn't bunch up or anything? Not at all. Hmm. They're nice. They're pretty tight on the feet, which is nice, but like just form fitting to your foot, not constrictive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I picked these up 25 bucks at Atmosphere. And so I figured that wasn't too bad. They're black and, um, they, I know they come in with extra small, medium, large, extra large, and double XL for those big feet people that are <laughs> wandering around. <laughs> uh, they say they're designed for any activity on the water that demands a close-fitting, simple neoprene sock. Yeah. The fusion sock is conduct constructed from polyester neoprene with screen-printed sole for added traction and easily fits into your sandal or shoe which is exactly what I was looking for. 
And I got to say, it worked beautifully. Hmm. They fit well. They, they kept my feet warm, even though my feet were soaked. You know, uh, like they didn't have a chance to dry off. So for the Brent run, you had it on 40 plus hours on your feet. Yep. Did, was there any adverse effects afterwards for being wet so long? My feet looked like prunes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, it didn't. Nothing. No skin damage or anything. No, no. My feet are just as ugly as ever. I, I uh, think it's unusual to have them on for such a long period of time. Most yeah. people would have it on shorter periods of time, but for 40 plus hours, it, that's a long chunk of time. Yeah. And they, they go on to say that if, you know, paddlers wear basic sandals, water socks, neoprene paddling shoes when they paddle. And while these are terrific for most of the time, they don't offer adequate warmth for cold weather paddling, which got me to thinking that these would have been fantastic last year in my fall trip when it went down oh, to minus seven, yeah. right? Um, it would have added, I mean, I had a pair of regular socks inside my Keens and they mm -hmm. weren't doing too bad, but these would have at least, if you get wet, but at least they would have stayed warmer, right? Um, I've seen a similar product for for hiking. I, I've never tried them, but a couple of people I've hiked with, they've bought uh, Gore-Tex socks. Yeah. And while the Gore-Tex allows the feet to breathe outwards, it also stops the water and moisture going inwards and uh our hike we were it was in the mountains in vancouver on vancouver island and so our feet were constantly wet we always had to dry our boots out at night but the guys with the gore-tex socks they had dry feet at the end of the day so it was uh i have again i at the time i thought they were kind of gimmicky but the gore-tex socks worked for them really well well that's what i went looking for and i just i just couldn't seem to find a pair of gore-tex socks uh -huh. and then i found these online um and uh, yeah, I went and checked them out and they're perfect. Um, level six, the company is, is a Canadian company, started in uh, 1997 uh, in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you know, only a, a couple of, actually my, my brother doesn't live uh, too far from, from the, where they're, all this stuff is made. Yeah, there's quite the, uh, the Ottawa River and, and lots of rivers in and around Ottawa. There's a lot of white water. So it makes sense that uh, people in that area would come up and create a, a, you know, an adequate company. Oh, yeah, all around the Ottawa. I mean, you talk about the, uh, the uh, freestyle uh, kayaking and the, the, yeah. the, the river rafting and all that sort of stuff up through there, right? So there is lots of stuff there. But they actually sell, if you go to their website, level six and it's six uh, .com. Uh, they have they sell stand-up paddle boards um, their own design yeah with with paddles and stuff they've worked with people I guess uh, men's clothing women's clothing kids clothing uh, you know shirts board shorts hats outerwear shorts and pants uh, paddling gear dry suits footwear hand and headwear the neoprene, stuff and it, the neoprene's not limited just to these booties you know these socks here yeah. there there's there's everything i was looking at a, a pair of gloves the neoprene gloves that i may go back and oh, yeah? purchase for shoulder season tripping paddling. as well yeah um different paddling accessories paddling pants tops they do stuff with kayak fishing safety stuff slalom spray skirts uh they also have a blog that you can go and check out they they have different uh, articles on there oh, okay and i know one of the articles in their blog is basically showing you uh the many layers they call it the many layers of level six and they show somebody in just the bathing suit yeah and then you know bathing suits and pants bathing suits and a shirt uh the shirt and pants and and you build it up to yeah. um one piece under uh an undergarment and the tops and bottoms, the dry suits, everything, dry pants, uh, dry suits, dry top, dry pants, uh, warm weather options, that sort of stuff. Um, then level six partners with West Marine to sell stand up paddle boards. Huh. Um, yeah. So it's quite interesting to see, you know, a little a home local homegrown company, home and, company yeah. and uh, level, yeah, level6.com. That's six.com. Go to their website. They'll, they have a big list of dealers where they sell their stuff, uh, what they sell and everything like that. It's pretty cool. But you know what? I'm, I'm glad I found these. Uh, I'm glad I went, went online and found them and, uh, used them because when we did the Brent run, they're fantastic. They, they protected my feet, 
I, I didn't have any issues with my feet whatsoever. Now compare your comfort level with the rest of the guys on the Brent Run. So what do the other guys wear? Um, I know Mike wore just uh, shoes and a, and a regular pair of socks. He's yeah. got a pair of water shoes. That, Your water shoes and yeah, socks. Yeah, basically Keens without the extra holes. Okay. Uh, can't remember what Scott wore, but Marcus always wears these pair of um, water of shoes with water a shoe. neoprene yeah. pant sock. Yeah, he's had those for thing. years. Yeah, yeah. So did anybody thing. else complain about their feet? No. Nobody did. So you guys didn't compare notes on at the end of the on trip? Our feet? No. Well, we just compared our... I know Mike and I were looking at like... Because his feet were soaked as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, no blisters, no nothing. So but everybody got away... Pretty good. Yeah, excellent. But this is the first time I've gone on a trip this long. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been on three-week trips before, and I'm, I'm yeah, duct-taping my feet by the <laughs> third day. Yeah. This, you know, I had no problems. <laughs> not, even a, not even a mark. Now, just to go show... My Keens did not last. I've had the Keens for six years now, and two of the side straps busted. Oh, yeah. Blew out the side. Yeah, one near the front on, <laughs> and one uh, uh, center on, on, the, on the right foot. Yeah. Um, so these things, <laughs> these things weathered better than, than, the, Keens than the Keens. So, yeah, I think I might go check out uh, maybe, maybe even a, a pair of gloves for the shoulder seasons and maybe a couple other pieces of equipment from them. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Now, Derek, we did a review of your Vital Grill. Yes, the Vital the, Grill stove. The, the Twig stove. And you also did a Kickstarter um, for another and, stove. And key stove, the ENKI. And that Kickstarter campaign is closed, and I'm just waiting for delivery of that stove now. Okay. So I've been uh, checking out some stuff, and through Instagram, our Instagram account, which, yes, we have Instagram account, Paddling Adventures Radio, I came across a guy who runs firebox stoves out of Utah, uh, Moroni, Moroni, Utah. Firebox stove. It's a twig stove, and it's fully collapsible. So I checked out his site, and there's an awful lot of options. There is. It's a, uh, he's, a lot he's, of options. he's broken it down into a lot of options. I guess it's uh, people, I guess he figures, or I, I don't know enough about it, but it looks like people customize it a lot. I'm not sure why you would have every little component as an option, but it's uh, it looks like a very strong and robust design. It's slightly on the heavy side, but I think it's worthwhile because it looks like it's going to last forever. Well, and the thing with the design and how there's these options and different, there's um, different uh, grill plates and boil plates and extended grill plate and stuff like that. But it's a multi-fuel design. So yes. you can use it more than just a twig stove. You can put a, a burner in it, like a, an alcohol burner in it. Solid fuels. Solid fuel, wood chips, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's very... Um, Oh, it's the word I'm looking for. A variety of, of, of fuel Diverse methods. fuel choices. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so it really, it's yeah, it's heavy, but it does pack down thin. That's what I like about it. I think it's uh, now on your Brent run, uh, Mike Burns, he had a twig stove and it's uh, it's the size of a tall pot, but it's always there. You can't fold it or anything. What I like about this is it folds perfectly flat. Yeah. I like that option because it, it uh, why would you want to, like often, like if you're, it feels like a waste of space if you're packing a pot because the pot's always empty unless you pack something into it. But this here packs flat, comes with a, a robust uh, canvas case. I like it. Yeah. When it's full up, it's, uh, each side is five centimeters. Uh, it's five uh, centimeters per side? How tall five, is it? Five, five inches. Yeah, five inches. Yeah, five inches, sorry. Um, five inches along each side. And then seven and a half inches high. When it's folded, it's 
what is that, three eights? Now, is this the original or is this the new? No, this is, this is the G2. So it's the new G2 5-inch, yeah. Um, it is, it's less than a centimeter thick when it's all folded down. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you figure five by seven and a half by less than an inch mm -hmm. or less, <laughs> less than half an inch. Yeah. Um, just over a quarter. So, but it's two pounds. <laughs> Which is, it's, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're watching your weight on a mm -hmm. canoe trip or something like that, two pounds is two pounds. And for the most part, you're not really looking, you're not too concerned about weight when you're canoeing or kayaking. And we read a, a review from Kevin Callan and he said the same thing. He said he wouldn't take it on a hiking trip, but easily it's a go for a canoe trip. canoeing or kayaking because you're yeah. not that concerned about the extra weight. No. Uh, mind you, there are guys that are, you know, ultralight, ultralight. Yes canoe trippers mm -hmm. they would definitely say 907 grams forget it yeah yeah um that'd be like martin yeah there's an option they have so you go on their their website fireboxstove.com and they have the g2 five inch deluxe combo kit which is the stove and it comes with um uh what am I looking at here is the grill plate, a boil plate, two extra fire sticks, uh, and a, and the heavy duty case. Now, besides that, you can also, as an option, get the extended grill plate and the adjustable fire grate as well. And those are, those are options. So you can, it widens your, your surface for a bigger pot on top and, yeah. and whatnot, right? Which, you know what, yeah, I mean, depending what you're cooking on, if you want to put a Dutch oven or something on top of that, or, you know, a bigger pot to boil more water. Yes, if you're, and, and it seems to me that you're looking more at a luxury trip when you were to carry something like this, it, with, mm -hmm. with all the kitted out options, right? Like, uh, I, I suppose if you really wanted to, uh, to not worry about going too crazy with costs and stuff, you just get yourself a coffee can, drill some holes in it and have your own twig stove out of a coffee can. But this here is something that's going to last for, I think this is a lifetime type thing. You'd be passing this thing down to your kids. By the looks of it, that's exactly, I think it, it, it's built to last. Mm -hmm. uh, the fire gra uh, grate, the adjustable fire grate allows you to do use like charcoal briquettes and stuff. Oh, okay. And wood pellets, right? So you lose using less fuel and getting that same cooking yeah. temperature. But you're also talking, now you're talking in the realm of like car camping, if you're going to bring that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or going in just a couple of lakes or something. Yeah. Brace camping yeah, or something. Brace camping, yeah. 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 Um, but what really got me into this? Well, I'll just, I'll just say before I get into that, you can also buy a, a case for it. So there's a nice case. So, uh, oh, sorry for, for the, the zebra pot. Yes. That they, that you can get for this. I do like the zebra pot option. The zebra pot is what got me looking at this because not only do you fill it with water, it's got metal clips that hold the handle up. Yeah. So you don't, you know, so usually it falls down to the side, you burn your hand trying to put it back exactly. on. The clips hold it in place. It and as well, the lit clips will hold the lid on if it's. Right. Well, the zebra pot, which caught my eye, and, and there's demonstrations and videos and that on, on their site, and you can Google them as well, is they also sell a baking kit. So you can take the zebra pot, put it on its side, and put uh, like cinnamon buns or something yep. in the, the kit. You put it in the zebra pot, you put the lid on, the clips hold it in place, and you lay that on the twig stove. Yeah. And, and a, it's an it's automatic an oven. oven. Yeah. So you get all, you can get the, yeah, and the, and the, the pot comes with a nice uh, case. You can order that as an option, a case. So you had talked about yours getting black. Yes. So you're getting black soot and whatnot mm -hmm. all over the place. Well, this would all stay inside your, your case. Yeah. So it's all going to be protected. That's my main concern is if I have a pot that's black and I need a case to 
cover the pot because I don't want my because I usually pack my sleeping bag loose I don't pack everything in a stuff sack right just because it's more it's easier to compress everything all at once and I don't want black stuff all over my sleeping bag or or towel or anything like that so it's it's I think it's key to have a, a carry case a cover which this does yes you know you get, you get an accessory again the one the one thing I do notice about the site is um they definitely give you options on <laughs> yes. what you can buy, what you can't yes. buy, right? You know, so if you don't need this or you're never going to use that, then why do you need it? Well, mm -hmm. you don't need to, to get it. Um, but just just watching, I, we watched the one video there of him making the bread. Yeah. You know, he, he got the little bread pan and he got his dough already, put it in there, let it rise. And then he put the in the billy pot, put the lid on. He had the fire going, nice coals. Yeah. And the thing which he shows there is he puts the pot on the twig stove and you get the heat from underneath. But before he put it on, he took out some of the bigger pieces of coals and he put the pot on. Then he put the coals on, on top, top of the, yeah. So the heat was heating from the top yeah. and the bottom of the pot. So your bread is totally yeah. surrounded yeah. by the heat and cooking Just thoroughly. like a proper oven. Yeah. Um... This is really interesting. Like I say, it's, I've seen other twig stoves and yeah, they're a pretty cool thing to have. But the fact that this one collapses so thin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like, again, like we, Mike, during the Brent run, he had his stove there and, and it's a, it was a fantastic old stove. He cooked every single meal with that thing and it was fantastic but it always stayed big it didn't fold down it was just this yep. big lump that's in your pack which is fine you make choices right uh this one here i like the fact that it does pack down small and it doesn't take up a lot of room no it doesn't take up much room at all and you know, i mean when you're when you're carrying when you're i mean i got that big yellow uh dry lane dry line bag what, yeah. 115 liters or whatever i mean you just slip that down the front of the pack and mm-hmm I mean, it takes up no room, right? Yeah, and with any pack, you're always competing for space. There's always, ah, I'm just running out of the room. It doesn't matter how mm -hmm. how well you pack. So this is one of those things, if you can get rid of the bulkiness of a normal stove, then this this folding uh, this folding firebox would be ideal. Now, I I noticed the uh, was it Canadian Outdoor Equipment Company sells these. Um I would like to get my hands on the complete setup, the combo with the extended, and just to give them a whirl, just to, just to experiment with it. And I'd like to try to, especially with the pot. Yes, baking. It's, I mean, there's the reflector ovens, and there's the yeah. other other methods of baking. But this is kind of cool. This is this is something a bit different. I'd like to try it. And it, yeah, it just the heat stays in that pot. Yeah, you know. So I think we'll uh, take it, take a look at that, and. You know, I, I mean, I also have my my regular Whisper Light stove that I bring, the, the yes. gas stove. And you're looking at it, it's like, well, if if you can't afford the pot and the 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 stove itself, the firebox stove, if you were to get the pot and in your fire pit when you're camping, exactly, you can get four rocks sort of deal. Make your little twig fire. Yeah. In that, put your pot with your baking on top of that. With the coals on top and the whole deal. Yeah. And you're still a, doing the baking. You're just, your twig stove is. You get to try before you fire. buy. You get to try yeah. and see how you like baking. I, I, I really like the idea of baking and I've thought about it many times in the past. I've just never got that far. But obviously this is not going to be a travel day type thing you do, but maybe on a rainy day you, or a rest day, you, you know, there's lots of time in camp to do stuff. So it's uh let's kind of, it's like a bake cinnamon rolls or something, right? Yeah, I mean, I've tried stuff like that before and they really haven't turned out the greatest, but I've never tried a method like this. And I do like this zebra pot that it has the metal clips and it has, it locks the handle in one place. Yes. And if the handle's up and the metal clips are there, it holds the lid on. Yes, because the, uh, I don't know if we described it well enough, but the uh, zebra pot, when you're baking it, you're baking it on its side. Yeah, the, the pot is on its side. So the lid is actually like your oven door type thing. Yeah. So yeah, they show in the videos, uh, if you lift the lid, if you, if you move the lid up and the clips out, then you just basically pull the, the lid straight off. You can look in, uh, and see how your, your food's going. 
and of course it's uh horizontal right mm -hmm. and what was neat too is he uh he had like the grill cover from the from the uh, firebox stove that was jammed inside the uh the pot yes and then the bread was underneath. on that and rocks underneath yeah. to retain heat yeah. it was uh it was a really neat setup and it looked very efficient yeah i i i would love to try this the setup he had uh he he did the bread in the uh the the scrublands there out in utah yeah I would love to try that setup just to, mm -hmm. to see what it is. Because I think once you started with this, I think you would start cooking an awful lot yeah, of different I think things. Would. I mean, I saw the one picture. Some guy had the sticks over top with like skewered meat. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, shish kebab. You know, yeah. they're, they're doing the shish kebabs mm -hmm. over this this little stove. And uh, yeah, I'd really like to try that setup that he did with the with the the bread and maybe do some buns and try some other things. Because I think... It would be something, like I say, with a stove that folds up like that. And you're bringing a pot anyway for water and whatnot. Yes. You're, you're so you're not really, yeah. you're not really adding anything big to what you're already bringing. No. You know, it's just a new pot and this thin little packet down the, down the side of the front yeah. of your pouch, your uh, pack. <laughs> yeah. I want to try this. Yeah. So I think we'll look into that and uh, see, but... Uh, in the meantime, go to fireboxstove.com. Check out their their merchandise there. They have a lot of different folding stoves, combo kits, stove accessories, camping and bushcraft stuff. Uh, there's a lot of videos. Um, and there's even, if you Google Firebox Stove Making Bread um, on YouTube, like you'll see them there and he's making bread and stuff like that with his stove and, and uh, you can see how it's done and it really, it really looks uh, very interesting, and uh, hopefully you can give it a whirl. Mike brought his uh, twig stove last week on our, uh, two weeks ago on our trip, and uh, he used it quite often at uh, base camp. He seemed to really like his twig stove. I like the design, and uh, so it was, uh, what, base camp while you guys were on the uh, Brent Run. Yeah, and speaking of the Brent Run, uh, i got to bring something else up. I was told after the Brent run, if I ever came <laughs> up with a stupid idea of that sort of thing again, I was going to be beaten. I recall that conversation. Yeah. And I sent out an email today because I really didn't realize this was happening till it had already happened. The Yukon River Quest. <laughs> I got that email at lunch today. <laughs> and everybody I sent it to, including those who said they would beat me to death, have all responded, hey, that sounds cool. Oh, did they? Yes. You didn't tell me? Because I responded that I said I'm in. You're in. Apparently, everybody's in. No way. They are. So they gave me nothing but grief. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of 162 kilometers straight paddling okay. and portaging. Well, how long is this one? The Yukon River Quest is 715 kilometer <laughs> wilderness adventure paddling race on the Yukon River from Whitehorse to Dawson City. <laughs> So <laughs> I looked into this and you know what? This sounds really cool. Um, I sent David Lee, the passionate paddler, a message. On the same thing? You On the same thing. And uh, I said, who's insane to follow me? And he says, I'm not insane. I'm just passionate. <laughs> <laughs> so if everybody wants in, I'm thinking Marcus and Scott. Yeah. You and Mike. Okay. And me and David Lee. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. There's three teams. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, again, it's it's usually the same. It's usually end of starts at the end of June every year. Um, it's a it's a few days long. This is the 18th annual Yukon River Quest Canoe and Kayak Race. And I believe it kicked off. The At noon on the 29th. Of June. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think the 29th is actually when 
I discovered this. Somebody had posted something and, mm-hmm. and, and I just, oh, this sounds cool. <laughs> and then, oh, wow, this sounds really cool, really big. Um, so by the time everybody hears this recording, it should have it concluded. It sh- should be done. Should be. The entry fee is the big deal. I mean, yes. the print runs free. Yes. You just go up and you do it. This one, $850 per Canadian. team or per boat? Per boat. Per oh. tandem canoe or tandem kayak team. Huh. But I guess they have a lot of support services along the route. It's like a, uh, I, I'm thinking along the same lines as a, uh, and because I've seen the uh, the do- sled the the dog races, I did rods. Yeah, I did rods and stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background, so I can see why there's expense there. Yeah, they're going through. I I, I printed off the rules and regulations, all the pages of it. I think it's like 25 pages or something. They're big on safety. Mm-hmm. Really big on safety. They make sure everybody's got their own spot unit. Yeah, which you get from them and stuff like that. Um, a solo canoe or ca- solo kayak. $475 and $250 for a Voyager canoe, six people or more. Oh, yeah. Well, that adds up. Yeah. Uh, well, $250 for the, f- oh, per person, yeah, for the Voyager canoe. Yeah, or so you got six per person for a tandem canoe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that is would be on top of all your uh, travel your expenses, equipment. equipment. And, oh. This would be an expensive trip. Mm-hmm. Have you have you looked into flights to Yukon? No. I imagine it's about uh, a pretty penny. Twenty five hundred round trip, I guess. Mm-hmm. From where we are. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the there's ninety four teams this year from all over all over the world, and there's actually a team from Whitby, which is like two local. minutes down the road from us. This is a local team. Yeah. So maybe you find out what happened to them and their experience. Maybe we'll chat with them when they get back. And uh, they can shed some more light for us on this. So what's the distance again? 715 kilometers. 715 kilometers. But so it doesn't look like there's any portages. <laughs> There's a positive. Just looking for the right sides. <laughs> and what's the, uh, what would be a winning time? Well, last year, Tandem Canoe, the best time was 45 hours and 33 minutes. 715 kilometers. That's impressive. So you're going nonstop. How fast does that river flow? Well, there is whitewater parts and stuff too, so. So there'd be a bit of a boost for time because you're going obviously down river. Yeah. But, so that's going to help a little bit, but still 45 hours, 7 or 15 kilometers. Yeah, and I, you look at the pictures of the guys that are doing it and they're, they're the lightweight racing canoes and these guys are, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They do, they're not just doing this yeah, river quest. Yeah, you're going to be. They're going to the next you're race, be top the next race you're, the, yeah. It's not yeah. a beer run like we would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yukon River beer run quest. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there's a checkpoints. There's eight check, uh, six checkpoints. No, eight checkpoints, um, including Dawson City. There's a couple of. Points, uh, like Policeman's Point, Lower Labarge Checkpoint, uh, Salmon Checkpoint, Little Salmon Checkpoint, where you've got to get close to the shore and you see the, where the officials are and you yell out their number, your number mm-hmm. to them, right? CarMax has a seven-hour mandatory layover and Coffee Creek Kamenak Camp Checkpoint has a three-hour mandatory layover. And again, I, I don't want to keep going back to dog races, but... Uh... Uh, but like at Iteron stuff, they do have mandatory breaks as well. And that's safety. That's safety for the dog teams, safety mm-hmm. for the, for the, uh, the mushers. So it, it's, it, you can see that they're building in a safety component where oh, yeah. they have mandatory stop and waits. And teams are required to have a river map should be prepared to travel through this type of area. Bear and moose encounters are possible and necessary precautions should be taken. So yeah, they're really big on the safety because I, I got to imagine that uh, it wouldn't take much for something to go south really fast. Yeah. Um, there have been boats that have capsized and whatnot. And, um, when they get into the canoe and kayak specifications, all tandem and solo canoes and kayaks 
must be equipped with full coverage spray deck skirt oh, yeah? with snaps and tie downs or tie downs. Mm hmm. You could probably find an outfitter right there at the race that you'd probably be able to arrange with them to. Well, probably that's where probably everybody so you're not does. Fly in with that stuff. That's no. going to have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, canoes must be paddled with a single blade paddle. You can't use like the solo canoes and that. You can't use a kayak paddle. It's got to be a single blade paddle. For the C1. Uh, by the looks of it. Is the C1, C2, you, I think you traditionally use yeah. a single blade paddle. Solo canoes must be paddled with the use of a single blade paddle okay. only. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, and they give all the specifications on the on the canoe length and all that sort of stuff as well for the tandem. And now, most, like I say, I've been looking at the tandem stuff. Uh, but they give all the specifications for the kayaks, the solo tandems, for the Voyager canoes, no boat substitutions, um, and all that sort of stuff. They even have a whole thing about river procedures, start times, late times. You've got to meet certain checkpoints within certain times yeah. or you're considered you're, done. You're done. You, yeah. yeah, they, uh, I assume that it's a, uh, you know, sure people could run a marathon and take seven days to do it, but they're not going to allow that to continue. No, right? no. Um, approved PFDs. Uh, there's certain items that you have attached or in pockets of each. PFD, whistle, emergency, space, bivy, stack, uh, fire starter, that sort of stuff. Uh, orange garbage bag for signaling. Full coverage spray skirt, which we already went over. Um, food fluids to sustain each team member throughout the course of the race. So you say f carry all your fluids. Now, I, was, I thought I saw somewhere where somebody, people were drinking the water straight. There is, they also have a thing here which I like, that talks about the food intake racer tips and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to yukonriverquest.com, there's a whole lot of information on there. Um, and one of the things they have is about the food. They did some surveys. The food people, the most of the food people, guy, the, the racers ate. Okay. Um, and then what the racers' tips were. Like... Stopping to fiddle around with food, find food wastes time. Pre-packing small bite-sized snacks works best. Keep a small cooler within reach. Make sure you tie, clip, or put your food bags in on a tether. Teams have dumped and lost all their food. Ask the Aussies from 2012. Can you imagine? <laughs> that could easily end your... Yeah. Well, you have to have all your food you're not with you. resupply. There's no support groups for yeah. you, right? Uh, take and a variety of foods. But yeah, fluid intake. 73% of the racers packed clean water um, in White Horse and refilled in Carmax. 5% drank the river water, which they treated chemically. 22% drank the river water untreated. 80% hmm. of racers felt they had drank enough water uh, or enough fluid during the race. And the fluid consumption varied between 4 liters to 12 liters per day. Oh, 12 liters a day. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Could you imagine standing up in the canoe and having to pee? Well, if you're drinking that amount of water, you want to be replenishing electrolytes too. Yeah. Well, and they talk about that. There, There's somewhere in here that talks about having one container with water and one container with electrolyte fluid. And I also noticed there's something about uh, you can take these electrolyte pills or powders, that sort of stuff. Um, but this really gets detailed into it, into the, the the foods to take and the drinking and all the rules. And I, <laughs> I don't think anybody else that I sent that email to actually checked out the link fully <laughs> <laughs> obviously not there is all the hey i'm in hey that sounds fantastic um but when i'm looking at all this stuff i don't know man i mean this is pretty uh pretty hardcore sort of thing but what was your paddle speed do you estimate you you estimated you needed to do seven kilometers an hour on the water for the brent run we were doing seven kilometers an hour till we hit the headwinds and then we went down and we figured about four hours four, four kilometers, kilometers an hour, hour. So yep. I just did a quick search through uh, 
So what river, Yukon River speed travels at an average of eight kilometers an hour. And the winning team in 45 hours, that would be about 15 and a half kilometers per hour. So they got they're, a tub. they're paddling at about seven. Yeah. On top of the river speed. On top of the river speed, yes. Yeah. I think if, if we had the money to do this, I mean, I wouldn't do it next year, 2016 or 17. Maybe 2018. We all turn 50. <laughs> there you go. It sounds like a plan. Doesn't sound like a plan. <laughs> 2017 like... Yukon River Quest. Make sure More we have life on insurance. the water. <laughs> yeah. Stock up on our life insurance now. And uh, yeah, I think that'll be something to, to do. <laughs> Let's pass the uh, information around. See who who's really into it and uh, start saving up. Start saving our pennies. <laughs> Sound like a plan? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. So until 2017 rolls around, we'll just sit here uh, recording our shows, talking about GearJunkie.com, Level Six, Firebox Stove, dreaming of the Yukon River Quest, keeping our irons in the fire. And <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going to look for us online, find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. You can find us as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So thank you all for listening to another episode. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.